4: Locatora Radio is a radiophonic
5: novella, which is just a very extra way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. I'm Diosa Femme. And I am Mala Munoz. Locatora Radio
4: is your prima's favorite podcast hosted by us, Mala and Diosa.
5: We're two IG friends turned podcast partners, breaking down pop culture, feminism, sexual wellness, and offering fresh takes on trending topics through nuanced interviews with up and coming Latinx creatives.
4: Known as Las Locatoras, Las Mamis Submit Them Bullshit, The Porcasteras Next Door,
5: and Las
4: Porcasteras Peligrosas, we've been podcasting independently since 2016. And we're bringing our Radiophonic Novela to the My Cultura Network to continue sharing stories
5: from the Latinx community. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 7.
4: Take, Take us to, to your network. network. Hola, hola, Locamores. Welcome back to Locatora Radio. I'm Diosa.
5: And I am
4: Mala. Thanks for tuning in to Capítulo 142, 142.
5: So last time on Locatora Radio, we talked about our senora eras, senora eras, her <laughs> fa- favorite senoras, um, both living and dead. If you have not tuned in, check it out, leave us a comment. Today, this is the Twitter sode. We are talking about Twitter's <laughs> demise, uh, the downfall of Twitter, Elon Musk, and just everything in the Twitter verse. You know, we love Twitter, we live on Twitter, we also kind of hate Twitter. We have mixed feelings. So we're just going to like dive right in.
4: Yeah. So just to like set the stage a little bit and remind folks, either you've heard, maybe you don't want to know anything about it. So you haven't been keeping up, but basically billionaire Elon Musk bought Twitter. And since then it's been, well, it's always been a hellscape, but it's been an extra hellscape since he bought Twitter. There were major layoffs. Many of the, Like equity initiatives that were started at Twitter, like Twitter Alas, which was like the Latino Latinx hub. Also like like black Twitter and like disability, like their sections within Twitter, the company had experienced layoffs. And then Twitter employees were also let go and then rehired because Elon Musk realized, oh, wait, I need the software engineers. So it's been a mess
5: yeah famously he like walked into twitter headquarters holding a sink and then tweeted about it something like everything but the kitchen sink i I could go look up the exact tweet but it was very bad and cringy and it didn't land the joke didn't land the way he wanted it to and people are like making all these comparisons between elon musk and like like kendall roy on succession you know Mm. like like, son of billionaire tycoons who, like, fucks things up, basically. And he's been kind of, like... I don't know. Like, I feel like over the years, Elon Musk really wants us to think that he's funny. Like, he really wants to, like, be a comedian and, like, loved by comedians. I feel like... But he just, like, trolls everyone. Yeah. It's like he's trying too hard, and it's, like, not working. And people are just very annoyed by him. And that's, like just the public perception part of this because the real issue is like you're talking about like the labor stuff with Twitter employees and then what that ends up meaning for the platform and users and like protections and like filtering content or like dealing with like abuse and harassment mm-hmm. and doxing and and with the verification stuff like Elon Musk, like in in this new Twitter era, like changing up how people get verified. And then folks already in this very short period of time have been dealing with like people impersonating them because it's easier to get verified now. Like you just have to pay. And the sort of like fraud detection elements that I guess used to be in place are like really not there. So recently there's another podcaster, Lacey Mosley, who has a podcast called Scam Goddess. Her, ironically, her Twitter account and I want to say an Instagram account were hacked. And she had a really, really, really hard time getting those hacked accounts back. And she's somebody with like a big platform, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, it's just the Wild West. Right. Well, her account was was already bad.
4: Her account was hacked and then her followers were scammed out of thousands of dollars collectively because the systems in place were no longer there there were also there's also been an increase in the n word being used across the platform like a like huge increase and so all these different protections that took years to implement at twitter have now been they no longer exist. So if y'all remember in 2021 twitter suspended trump's account after the insurrection after so many years of him tweeting nonsense Spreading misinformation and disinformation, they finally decided enough was enough, a little too late in my opinion, but his account was suspended after he called the January 6th rioters patriots, which led to, of course, this belief that the election was allegedly stolen. And so they finally suspended him within a few weeks of Elon Musk owning Twitter. Trump's account has been reinstated. He's not back on Twitter yet, but he has the option now. And so just, it's a mess. It's been a mess in some ways, but it's also been really wonderful Twitter that is in other
5: ways. Oh yeah, like in general, like across the board. So just us as podcasters and as formerly indie podcasters, we like met on Twitter We like built networks on Twitter and grew our show on Twitter and Instagram and I guess now on TikTok, but it's mostly been (laughs) Twitter and Instagram are really where these things truly um, were able to take off. We get a lot of our news, maybe not always directly from Twitter, but Twitter will alert us that, oh, something is happening. So go investigate further. People are
4: talking about said issue. Let's go. And so Mm -hmm. it very much has informed the way we've conducted or produced episodes over the years. Not every episode, but there are some conversations that happen on Twitter that, you know, become like nationwide national conversations. Right. A lot Mm -hmm. like black Twitter has led a lot of these conversations, whether that be about violence, uh, police violence and police brutality like the Ferguson Uh, uprising definitely caught wind via Twitter and that's when folks outside of Ferguson were able to learn about what was happening and so it's been used for like a lot of organizing, a lot of uh, journalism, a lot of resource sharing over the years.
5: Yeah and I think that a lot of small business owners have been able to like utilize the platform to get their work out there, to get their art out there, to get their businesses off the ground. A lot of people use Twitter to crowdfund, mm-hmm. especially like for like emergency situations in the COVID age for healthcare costs, for funeral costs, all kinds of rent ass- rental assistance. Mm-hmm. So it's the type of place where a lot of good can happen, but obviously there's also all sorts of issues um there's a journalist that we follow taylor lorenz who i think typifies in many ways like all of the issues with twitter sort of in one person kind of (laughs) right uh the poor thing she is like an uh, a a tech reporter she's like an internet culture journalist and she has written everywhere where like at the new york times well she's currently
4: for the she currently
5: works for the washington post yeah Previously, she was at the New York Times, and she is very prolific on Twitter, and she also has been the target of much horrific harassment and doxing. Tucker Carlson is, like, obsessed with her and can't stop talking about her and putting her on blast on his show, which, as a result, means that she is at the receiving end of a lot of, like, violence and stalking and she does a lot of reporting on well what's happening on TikTok, what's happening on Twitter. And she also has like gained a certain amount of notoriety, you know, also because of all of these things and she shares very very openly when there's like targeted harassment or when she's experiencing something like this. So she's been kind of just like an interesting person just to to follow and see like how severe this stuff can get. And I think the other thing is like, yeah, a lot of small creators, uh, uh, writers, journalists are able to amplify their work. Like uh, we had Cerise Castle on the show to talk about L.A. Sheriff's Department gangs and her new podcast called A Tradition of Violence about LASD gangs. And so she is a independent journalist, a freelance journalist writing for a relatively small publication, Knock L.A., and that work got amplified in large part, I would say, because of Twitter and the way that it allowed the work to reach a very global audience. It got like hyper viral. That's a good episode. Tune in if you haven't. But yeah, Twitter yeah. is a place. <laughs> there's a lot yeah. going on. Well,
4: there, there's a couple things I want to I want to say based on what you said. And like, you know certain issues or movements getting, like, international coverage, right? Like, we've seen over the years, like, the Arab Spring in 2011. There's been a lot of resource sharing in the disabled community. Um, Citizen journalists just documenting what's happening either, you know, where they live abroad or here in the U.S. Going back to what you said about Taylor Lorenz is that, you know, Elon Musk pretends to be a proponent of, like, free speech. But a point that she made is that actually he doesn't care about free speech because he's creating all these rules on Twitter specifically that if you tweet in a way that he doesn't like, Your account is going to be banned or if you tweet in a negative way it's going to be banned your account will be suspended but he's not explaining what like quote bad means or or there's no rules for it it's just up for interpretation and so that alone tells you that or shows you that he actually doesn't care about free speech it's what he wants to hear and what he deems okay to share online
6: this is it we've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen
5: Yeah, because Elon is also definitely one of these, um, like cancel culture is the worst thing to ever happen guys. Right. You know, he's like one of those dudes. And so eliminating any acknowledgement that hate speech exists Mm -hmm. is somehow to him a a a way to advocate for free speech. Right. But then if we don't have the framework of hate speech to help us identify and understand hateful speech, he's creating new definitions Mm -hmm. instead, Right. right? And so it goes from being this language that is codified by law, we can find on a federal level like protected groups and what language is considered like legally hateful, right? And like incites violence instead of like working with that, that's been established over decades of like legislation and like civil rights work. Now it's just this one rich guy, right? Like the son of like diamond oligarchs, basically, like, who's going to tell us instead, this is acceptable communication, and it's not going well.
4: Right. I mean, and I think like, you know, when people talk about free speech, like, when the Constitution was written, free speech meant like a public square, like literally a public square. Now, like online, there's like this idea of the digital public square. And so even then, like there are still rules like in place because Twitter is like, as we know, like a privately owned company. It's not a federal company. The under, the government doesn't have a stake in it. And, but it gets confusing because obviously like there's so much... Uh, destabilizing of democracy that also happens online. And so it's like all over, it all overlaps and is all connected. And so it's really not about free speech, as you were saying, because the framework is not there. It's more so about this one little man, like, trying to control everything. And it's also like the elite stick together. Like, it's not just Elon Musk. There's like this group of billionaires that are all benefiting from, you know, potentially Twitter's downfall demise because... Where's the community building and organizing, the digital organizing going to happen now?
5: Totally. So Mariah Castaneda, who is also a podcaster and a journalist and tweets, she was tweeting out uh, some thoughts about the way that journalists do use Twitter uh-huh. and the way that so many folks follow local journals and get news or updates or links to articles on their feed. I know that's true for us. Mm -hmm. We follow tons of journalists and I agree, you know, like what's gonna happen with the dissemination of news when this apparatus is either just not functioning or it's just gone life finds a way the information will go somewhere else yeah but right now this is like a platform that has been so huge for such a long time that to like totally change over or build something else that's the same um i don't know how or when that would happen right
4: i mean and there's like sometimes there are some days where me as like a social media user Where it's like, I don't necessarily want to see reels and photos, but I I do want to like laugh or I do want to read something hilarious or informative or Mm -hmm. like a great take on something. And so a lot of the times I go to Twitter first, like if I see a movie that I like, I want to hear like, what are other people thinking and saying about it? It helps me like process things that I'm like really interested in or maybe I have I'm confused about and I want to I want to read how other people are processing aloud and so Twitter has been really great for that type of like culture development or spread of like has led to the success of a lot of either indie or like non mainstream media culture art
5: oh yeah and like over the years people will tell us like oh like I found you on Twitter, or I saw this tweet. I somebody tweeted about you. Like that's not uncommon right. to hear, you know. So it's a really effective platform for a lot of things. At the same time, as a Twitter user, like yes. as you said, Let's talk about I, it. Part of me also wants to see the app burn.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I am I actually going to delete this? Am I? Is, right. is this is this app going to be no longer? You know?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Part of me is like, let's get it over with so I can move on with my life. Jesus H. Christ. It's been years. I wake up. I check Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, I go to bed. I check Twitter first. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a bit of insomnia. Oh, where am I going? To Twitter. Twitter.
4: Yeah. And I mean, you know? we, we've talked about some of the negatives and some of the like incredible things that have either happened community wide mm-hmm. in, internationally and also for ourselves. But there have been some like insufferable things that have happened Lord. on Twitter, you know, like
5: <laughs> truly
4: the, the assumption that you have to like explain yourself and include everything in 140 characters is exhausting. I remember mm-hmm. one time I tweeted about during the pandemic, you know, like living at home with my family, like has allowed me to practice community care. Because if I didn't live with my family, like who would who was going to be taking care of them, who was going to be running all the errands to make sure that we had a functional household during the pandemic as like the person that was uh, as like the non-senior. Right. Like I needed to be the one out doing those things. And I remember tweeting that and someone responding like, well, what if you live in a toxic household? And I'm like, OK, well, I I am not talking about you and I'm not talking right. about people that live in toxic households. Like, of course, if you live in a toxic house, like you shouldn't be living there. Like if you're able to move, move like nowhere yeah. in my tweet did I say I, you know, in spite of living in a toxic household, at least I can take care of my family. You know, like the assumption, the thread yeah. that was drawn yeah. out of thin air was yeah. so frustrating. And that's just one example. Right there's oh, like yeah. i have a million more but just
5: this idea that you have to say everything yeah when it's like honey i'm when i'm tweeting i'm this is just, this is like a note to self yep nine times out of ten <laughs> yep I'm, I'm thinking out loud i'm just tweeting into the void babe mm-hmm. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> this is lies and deceit this right. is this is hyperbole this is comedy this is this is a tweet, babe. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like this is this is not an academic journal. Right. This is not a, a policy brief. Right. Yeah. It's I, just not.
4: Right. I, I remember <laughs> I remember when No Name started her her oh, her little library, her bookstore and people there were a lot of a lot of people like saying it was like elitist or, you know, all these different things. Because free, she
5: she was free lending library. she was
4: trying to bring literature to her community,
5: and That's I remember
4: tweeting in support of it. And at the same time, you were having your own feud on Twitter because people Girl. were mad at you for talking about Jenny Six Nine.
5: It was so funny, dude. And because then, they wanted me to like. They wanted me to like take down Jenny Six Nine.
4: Right, right, and. Before we get back to the Jenny Six nine like yeah. because I tweeted in support of no name, but I what I did was I quote tweeted something and I said like like instead of like harping on like what black women women of color are aren't doing are doing or not doing like take a look at yourself before you make demands yeah. and someone thought that I was talking about you <laughs> And and what you what was happening on your Twitter timeline. And we're making these like really intense connections.
5: And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm at my day job. Like, I don't have to what's happening. I don't have time for this. Yeah. And and I was talking about Jenny six nine on my Instagram story. Mm -hmm. And you were on Twitter. talking About this other thing. Yeah. Not even on the same platform. So like, okay, remember when Soyla 69 came out? Yeah jenny six nines yeah like it, honestly it was like uh a fucking cultural reset in some ways sorry
4: yeah uh i mean we've viral. talked to, we've talked about jenny six nine before we know she's problematic yeah. okay go back to the to the fake dina's episode we don't call her fake dina it, right? but we do talk we did talk about her
5: yeah and this is part of it right because it's like super mega viral uh She's on stages now. She's performing. She's selling tickets. She has millions of followers, like literally millions. Mm
4: -hmm. And she was charting. She was charting at the time. Even if you hated it, she was still charting. People were probably hate listening,
5: but and everybody doing reels using the noise, using the sound, using the song on on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter. The LA Times wrote about her. She got a lot of write-ups. So I on my story in the midst of the virality across platforms, across journalism, across everyday users, (laughs) (laughs) tweeting and posting and creating TikToks, little old me, I go to my story and I say like, you know, say what you will, do what you will. um, But if you like in your gut, hate her and think that she's horrible and like don't wanna see her thrive, then don't contribute to the viral moment and don't even hate tweet or hate post, you're gonna hate post her right into celebrity. Right. Which is exactly what happened. Right. I mean, hello. This, yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. That's just literally how it works. I had so many people in my DMs and shit, like she, she paragraphs, dude, about every bad thing she has ever done. My thing is like all those folks DMing me my thing with them is like, you guys clearly know a lot about her and are very passionate and very knowledgeable. I just simply I don't know as much about Jenny 6 9 as you guys seem to know, right. you know, do you have a petition that you would like me to circulate? Mm-hmm. Are you boycotting her? Is there a link I can share? Can I amplify your movement in some way? Mm-hmm. And the way people were like, uh, well, you know uh, that means that you you don't give a fuck and you like don't believe in anything that you say you believe in. Like right. you should use your platform to hold her accountable. I'm like, so you want me to what dedicate an episode to Jenny Six Nine? Right. And, like, take her down. You want right. me with my my twenty thousand followers on Instagram, uh, to like what do an expose on Jenny Six Nine? Mm-hmm.
0: What do you yeah. want me to do? There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
4: well because yeah. I, I think that there are like so many from what i've seen like there are so many pages now like on instagram or on twitter that are dedicated to this type of expose yeah. but that's not what we do on this podcast and that's not what we do on our personal instagrams so we're more than happy to do a re- re-share do a repost that kind of thing but like to to take someone down in that way, quote unquote, is like not what we've ever done or not what we've been about. And well, so it's also
5: not a thing. Like, what right. does that even mean? What does
4: even a takedown mean with someone of, that, of that, that caliber at that point, right, in the game?
5: What, you want me to send her a, a strongly worded DM? Yes. <laughs> you want me to like, uh, post about her to my main feed. Mm-hmm. You want me to make episodes? You want me to create content about her, is what you're asking me to do. Yes. You're asking me to create content about, about this horrific, problematic person. You're asking me to further platform her, is, yes. the-, is the ask. Yes. Um, and congratulations, because here we are talking about the bitch. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Activism. <laughs> Activism accomplished.
4: <laughs> Full circle.
5: But Full yeah, circle. I
4: mean, I think that like that, that goes back to like the nature of Twitter where there's no room for like actual intellectual conversations it's either you agree with me or you don't it's either you say everything in these 140 characters or you're not representing me which probably i'm not because i'm talking I'm probably what i'm tweeting about is my own experience and i'm speaking in i you know also
5: i'm not a fucking representative nobody elected me to any office i elected and- you elected me co-host, <laughs> co-chair, no, <and> co-founder.
4: <laughs> but no, no, go. I'm sorry. Go back. Yes. You no.
5: Know, like we we just got through our election cycle. Mm-hmm. You had an opportunity to vote for elected officials, you know, yeah. write your strongly worded emails to them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm a pothead podcaster. What do you want me to do? You know, we can talk about it. We can post about it. We can discuss. Again, is there a GoFundMe? We can donate is there a, a march we can attend, you know? Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like, we're this is a chat cast.
4: Okay, don't say it like that because... <laughs>
5: it is a chat cast, though. It, it, is, a a, cast. it is
4: a chat cast that's also, like, cast. you know, I think, like, a resource share. And there's so much, like, downplaying of, like, chat cast, right? But it's like, no, like, there's impact. So, oh, but sure, I, yeah, I,
5: absolutely. Yeah,
4: I think, like, going back, though, to... Twitter specifically, you know, there has just been, it's like been kind of like done in some, in some ways. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But now it's like we're seeing, and I think a lot of social media platforms, Instagram too, Facebook, definitely. um, It's kind of like we've seen, they've seen their heyday and now it's like well, what's mm-hmm. next? What's the new thing?
5: Yeah, I'm not ready to like start all over again on a different platform. Me either. Although, I mean, I think it's just going to mean that we are actually making TikToks. Like, I think if it's not Twitter and like Instagram is like not doing that much better than Twitter. <laughs> it's really not. It's not. If it's not Twitter and if it's not Instagram, do we go to a whole new place or do we just have to seek refuge on Twitter, on TikTok and we got to get on camera and make videos.
4: I guess the the youth, the Gen Zers have been telling us that we need to get on TikTok.
5: But oh, yeah, every single one of every single Gen Zer that we talk to is like, are you on TikTok?
4: I mean, yes, we are on TikTok.
5: We are technically Look not, to underscore radio.
4: We're not active, but, you know, we're there.
5: We're semi active. I, I, I post every once in a while, but it's not like the way that TikTok-ers... you're supposed to use it. TikTok they're they're posting three times a day every day
4: yeah good for them good for. Them.
5: we're very <laughs> proud of you we are we are actually very proud and impressed we are you know here's my deal um don't mistake <laughs> my cynicism for lack of caring you know what I mean we've just been on we've been online for a long for time for
4: so long it's been long. many it's
5: been many years we've yeah. seen it we've seen it all babe like I ver- everything it comes and goes in waves, waves, and it's never yep. ending. You I know? Re- and we are in our senora era, so
4: I guess. Do you remember <laughs> when Instagram was only for iPhone users?
5: Yes. Wow. Right? Like time.
4: I remember like seeing the little post for like pe- people it would get reshared on Facebook. And I was like, "What? What is that? Like, how do people? How do people get that photo? What is this app? Right?" And then Very I didn't have an exclusive. iPhone at the time, yeah, so I was right. like, "What is that?" And so when I fir- when I got my first iPhone in undergrad, I started using Instagram. So it's I've been on here for almost ten years, over
5: ten
1: years, yeah. and Twitter longer, I
5: Tumblr, I- Tumblr before that. I mean, MySpace,
1: mm-hmm. Coding. And
5: even as 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 like. A middle schooler on MySpace, I loved social media like from mm-hmm. day one. I was on MySpace, dude. I was on there. <laughs> I was lo- I loved MySpace, you know? And then from there, Facebook. That's and like again
4: where the addiction started. Like yeah. your your brain was still developing. And so it just
5: changed. They got, they got you. <laughs> <laughs> My brain chemistry was forever altered. So also when you hear us talking about this stuff, just know we're deep in it. We've mm-hmm. been deep in it. So if you're not deep in it, you don't need to be. No. This good is, for you. We're sharing, we're 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 reporting from the trenches, the digital trenches. To yeah. Keep you guys up to date. But so you don't have to suffer like we suffer.
4: I mean, you even shared something with me that I didn't know. Like, I didn't know about the sync thing that Elon Musk did. Because once I saw the rumblings, the writing on the wall, as they say, I was like, I'm not getting on Twitter. Like, I cannot keep up with what's happening, with the updates. Like, I'm going to wait for it to maybe settle and then, like, go in and catch up. But so I missed the sync update because I didn't know that. (laughs) Well... Thank you for tuning into another capítulo of Locatora Radio.
5: Next time on Locatora, we're going to have Jenny69 in studio. <laughs>
4: no, we will not. For an exclusive. No. I <laughs> for won't an the- intervention. We're I won't let that happen,
5: y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we're hosting an intervention. <laughs> we're going to bring in an exorcist. <laughs> I have been <sighs> Mala Munoz.
4: And I'm Dios FM. We'll catch you next time. time. Locatora Radio is a production of Locatora Productions in partnership with iHeart's
5: My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts, listen to the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
4: Besitos! Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novela hosted by Mala Munoz and the OSAF Femmes. Network.
9: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. In terms apply. Learn more at americanexpresscom with Amex.
1: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz.
3: Hosted by M.C. 8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood sub-genres, us Rap. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.